And I can see the ground now, way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What an absolute treat. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. Uh, it's, a, it's it's I don't know what episode it is. I don't know. I don't care. We move forward. I'm like a shark. Can only go sideways when I want to. Up and down. Sharks can go... They can't go backwards, but they can go down. Interesting. Because if up is up, you would think down is backwards. But it's not. So I had a shark tell me that, and I regret passing it on. But anyway... For you people who've been hiding under sharks, thinking, oh, they can't go down or backwards. Well, I mean, let's be honest, those people are dead. So, for those of you still alive, don't hide under sharks, okay? It's a ruse. They can go down. They'll duck down whenever they want. They're not afraid. They'll beat up your dad. That's how... That, sharks just aren't afraid, dude. They'll beat up your dad in front of your grandfather. That's a family tree shakedown, all right? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. First off... As you know, if you're watching on the on the YouTube, my shirt again is quite poor. It's quite poor today. It's a uh, it's an op shop uh, op job. To I would describe it as a gentleman's triple XL, and the pattern as I mean, if this was a pattern on sort of Adobe Photoshop, it would be called a miss. This pattern they really missed. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was twenty bucks. Do I regret it? Yeah, I do, because it's not a good shirt, and you know. Even if a shirt's $7, if it's not good at all, you know, I can't help you. But the reason I bring this up is because this podcast is brought to you by a fantastic shirt company, VM Apparel. So get around VM Apparel. They have a brand new website launching. I think the website will be already up by the time uh, this thing goes up. And uh, VM Apparel on Instagram, get around the lads. Fantastic shirts, fantastic shirts. If you need more confidence, if you need maybe a little less confidence... And that's vmapparel.com.au. That's what I was stalling for. If you need less confidence, maybe you're too arrogant, VM Apparel, it's, the shirt will do a lot of the work on the arrogance for you because they're loud shirts. They're for winners, not nerds. Never forget it. But, uh, and if you need more confidence, that shirt, that'll pick you up as well. So it's really a win-win whether you're a, an alpha male or a, or a gentleman's beta or whatever the, if you're the, even lower than a beta, we might even try and hook you up with some VM apparel pants. Maybe we could sew some of the shirts together to resemble some jeans because you need a lot of help if you're below a beta. And VM apparel can help you. So get on vmapparel.com.au or their Instagram. And uh, just fantastic shirts for fantastic blokes. Like I said, they don't do women's clothing as of yet, but with some scissors and an open mind, you make yourself a nice little blouse. I've got no doubt in my mind. And this... This shirt I'm wearing is pretty much a blouse at this point because it's a trip. I think it's a triple XL. The collar's so big, I look like a clown. And uh, did I wear this on a night out? I did. So, little window into my world. Is that an example of how I'm not afraid to push boundaries with my fashion, or my self-esteem was low at the time and I thought, who gives a fuck what I'm wearing? The former, baby, the former. Uh, but yeah, so VM Apparel, get around it, get around it, get around it, feel the hype, spread the hype, are we on or what? Nevertheless, uh, let's kick this pod into gear, what have I been up to? Tell you what, last Saturday, 
An embarrassing one on the cricket field for me. I had a few, oh, we got absolutely toasted. Um, but I had some friends come down to watch me bat. I was opening the batting. Uh, promoted after my exotic 21 the week before. And uh, some beautiful shots in that 21. But uh, my friends came down. They'd barely taken a sip of their beer before old pal Bill was walking back to the pavilion. And uh, look, yeah, I, you better believe my head was down. I did not make eye contact with the lads as I walked off the field. Missed a straight one. I reckon I hit it, to be honest. Bit of a rough call. But, uh, did you know, when you get a bad call on the cricket field, nothing but you can do is uh, just sort of take it in stride, put your head down and go, hey, today wasn't my day. And you walk off humbly and with pride. That's not what I did. I put my arm directly in the air and pointed the bat at the umpire and mouthed, what the fuck? And message received because he did not shake my hand after the game. But I wish I had regrets. I just, I wish I had them. I really do. Nevertheless, I uh, played a bit of cricket, got absolutely pummeled. And it was just a, a Saturday was just a day of, of old blokes telling me where to go because I went straight from cricket um, to a gig at a golf club up in Palm Beach. Beautiful, uh, beautiful area, Palm Beach, full of rich whites. Not a lot of cultural diversity up there. And uh, so it, it really, I, don't, I live about half an hour away. Never really go up there, but really nice. Like all five-story mansions. And uh, and I knew before I even got to the gig, I go, this is just going to be purely old people because like, unless you're, unless you're an investment banker, uh, banker over the age of 50, there's no way you could live in this neighborhood. And... Uh, you know, I, I knew they were going to be old. I got there. They were so old. They were very old, the crowd. Average age was about 60. And yeah, I don't want to complain. The gig went okay. It went okay. The, like the MC killed before me. He's talking about marriage and, I don't know, properties. Um, he killed. He's a good comedian. I went all right, but it was a bit of a slog, you know, like I've got some stuff that Ameri- that old people like, but... Like, I've got this joke about a 23-year-old life coach, and they're all like, oh, 23, and thinks thinks he knows about the world, hey? <laughs> and I can kind of riff it out a bit, make it uh, make it work for these schmucks, you know, I'll do a bit of crowd work. But a lot of my gear is a bit... Yeah, so a lot of my gear is a bit whew, for the old people, you know? Like, I don't know, like, I don't want to rip on them. Like, it's my job to make them laugh no matter what. But, um, I don't know, like, you talk about some stuff, and they just kind of switch off. And they're a bit slow, you know, like sometimes they won't. Some stuff just doesn't connect. It's a bit of a slog with these oldies, to be honest. Um, it's like they'll they'll enjoy one thing, and then if the next topic isn't exactly like related to their life, they're just like, fuck off, dude. You know what I mean? And it's just a bit... It's just annoying as fuck, to be honest, because it's just a bit of a slog when you got to like kind of tailor it to them and it's not exactly what I want to be doing for that show like do you know what I mean it's not but it's the job it's the job I don't want to bitch but like it's not exactly what I would want to be doing kind of stopping and doing crowd work just to crowd work about certain stuff like and just they laugh at dumb stuff I reckon oldies to be honest I I don't want to just you know start ranting and raving too much but I just think they laugh at the dumb stuff and they don't, they don't laugh where they should. Like, they'll laugh at something and you're like, oh, okay. And then you go, well, fuck, if they like that, this this punchline in three beats time, I'm in. I'm off to the races here. And then they won't laugh at all. And it's like, what are you doing, you know? Like, so it just pisses me off. 
So it's a bit stop-starty. Like, you think you're killing, then you lose them, and then, you, then you're like, fuck, I've lost them. Let me chat to them a bit here. Bit of crowd work. You're like... And, the, like, just the dumbest shit, like... You're like, oh, hey, mate, is this your wife here? And if they pause for half a second, you go, ho, 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 trouble in paradise. Like, they're just clap. They're out of their seats at that. That's You're blowing their minds with that shit, you know? And then you go into this, like, this bit that crushes, usually, and they're like, what? What are you talking about? And it's like... And then, and then you've got to get them back on side, like, oh, jeez. I feel as awkward as Tim when he forgets to take the bins out. Pfft, another applause break. You're back. You've got them, you know? Fuck, it's just like... But, you know, you've got to, you got to work around old people because they're pretty much, the, they're like the main demographic that go to like RSL and, and sort of bowling clubs and stuff. And that's where a lot of comedy shows are. So I went okay, but it was a bit of a slog. And uh, it just kind of, the whole thing was just like, it was fun enough, but anyway. And it was a good, it was a good paying gig. So I don't want to complain too much, but uh, old people just, yeah. Okay. Get a bit more. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanking you. But I had a few things to talk about. And I've had a bit of a man with the technology here. I'm on about 1% battery with the camera. And the SD card's already full. And it's just like, just, you know what I mean? Like, sort it out, Steve Jobs. The goal of this bloke to die before he's created a, you know, a, a, a podcast experience that even the, the dumbest of blokes in a triple XL party shirt can use. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, stop pushing up daisies. Help me produce this podcast. But I don't know. But I'll tell you what, did a did a gig Monday night at the Newtown Hotel. Little little bit of a, uh, a special occasion for me. My first time back there since my ban from the venue, which we don't talk about anymore, but all uh, all all's well that ends well. Sort of uh, no one really uh, noticed I was there. But it was a Monday night, to be fair. And uh Man, this open mic was going off. There was like maybe 60 people packed into this thing. I'm like, I'm tr- I'm here to work on some new jokes about like sniffer dogs. And I'm already, if I'm being honest with myself, I looked at myself in the car mirror as I pulled up and I thought, dude, these jokes suck and you fucking know it. And I looked back at myself like, I, I do, we're in trouble. We're in trouble here. Better catch a riff, Billy D, in your triple XL shirt. And I said, okay, all right, you're going to be okay. Yeah, let's just... Just work it out. So I roll in, there's like 60 people there. And you know, if, if there's a big crowd, you want to do well because you want them all to come back. You want them to enjoy the experience. So I go, okay, I'm going to get rid of these sniffer dog jokes. And then I go, they go, oh, um, a couple of changes to the lineup. Sam Campbell's going on before you. I go, oh, well, f- everything's out the window now. You know, Sam Campbell won the freaking, won the Barry for the best show at Melbourne Comedy Festival last year. One of the funniest blokes in the country. I think he just signed like a $500,000 deal with the BBC. And now I've got to follow him with my terrible sniffer dog jokes. I go, now I'm up against it. And you better believe I took the sniffer dog jokes and I tore them up. And uh, Cambo's in there doing this shit where like he was like giving crowd members things to say and it all connected with each other. I didn't know what the hell was going on, but he was crushing. And I was like, fuck, I'm in, tr- I'm in some trouble here. And I did I did a couple of older bits, old-ish. There'll be your next year's show though, so still still working on the show, still working on the show. That's what I told myself, and uh, it went okay. It went okay. It went pretty good, but uh, tough follow, tough follow, no doubt. Then I went to another gig and did the sniffer dog jokes, and as suspected, they were horrific. And I don't know if I'm even going to put them in the show. 
anymore. I was doing them like six months ago and I was like, oh, these are all right. And then I really got into writing the show and I, and then I was like, oh, what about the sniffer dog jokes I was doing like six months ago? And then I was reading them at home and I was like, oh, I don't know about these. And then, you know, like kind of in your own home, you think every idea is a gem. You know, you're like, I'm writing away like, oh, you've done it again, Darcy. Sniffer dogs. Why isn't anyone talking about this? this is hilarious. They're dogs, but they're, what are they, dogs or are they cops? You know, like a fucking idiot. And then, and then the closer you get to the gig, you get a real idea for what's going on, you know, because like I'm getting there and I'm like, uh, the, the closer I cross the bridge, I get to the pub, I'm walking, and I'm just thinking, nah, they suck, they suck and you know it. And, uh, and I was 100% correct. So I don't know if they're going to be in the show next year anymore. And if they are, uh, if, if you hear a sniffer dog bit, know that I've worked on it. I've worked hard on it because it needs a lot of work to get to where it needs to be. And then last night I hosted this gig in Bondi. Sick gig. But it was really hard, to be honest, uh, hosting because like the backup, the back announce mic fucked up. So usually they go like, welcome to the stage, you know, welcome to Bondi Comedy Club. Welcome to the stage, your MC, it's Billy Darcy. <laughs> and I go up there, uh, I'm starting the show off. And hosting's quite hard because you got to start with a cold crowd. So the back announcer mic doesn't work. So I just walk on, no one realized the show started. Everyone's still like sitting down and changing chairs around for like the first four minutes. A couple of people still walking in. But then uh, I'm standing there going like, that's okay, that's okay. Once they settle, I'll work away, I'll chip away here. I'm going to chip away. And, uh, and that's exactly what I did. And I got them, I did a great job. Hit some riffs, it was, it was great. First act goes up. I've worked so hard, there's like maybe 70 people there. It's packed out, worked hard. I've got everything. It's, it's well, like we're in for a killer show. Here we come. First act goes up, five minutes of complete silence. Just bombed so hard, it was unbelievable. Compl- and it's like, Watching the first act die when you've done a good job hosting is just like watching, like you've just baked a cake and someone just pegs it at a wall and goes, pick that shit up. Woo! You know? Like, obviously, they've not done it intentionally, but, you know, whether someone accidentally knocks over a cake or picks it up and throws it at a window, either way, cake's fucked, isn't it? And who's got to clean it up? The chef or the host. I thought that metaphor came together pretty well, actually. So... And, you know, and from there, the other acts did well, thank God. But I was like, just, I was like, oh God, my hard work, my beautiful hard work. But anyway, got a few things to talk about. So I haven't been doing too much, actually. I didn't go out Saturday night. And then Sunday I went out. But it was just like a, just a fun time. Just a really fun time. I I tell you what did happen Sunday. I guess this chick's star sign, because she was going around being like, What's your star sign? Oh, this means this. This means this. And uh, and I go, oh, well, you're obviously an Aries then. And she goes, who told you? And I go, what? And, and she like, she was rattled. She was like, oh, you knew that, didn't you? I go, I just met you. And she's like, no, but seriously, like, how the hell did you know that? Is it like, because of my personality kind of? Like, people say I'm like such an Aries. And she was serious. It was like the shit you see in like freaking, some freaking Facebook meme or something. Like, she was taken so seriously. She was like, no seriously how did you know i was like look i just guessed you're freaking me out okay back off you you're freaking aries you, you're being too aries right now area down a bit that's what i should have said so i absolutely rattled some chick 
I was like, oh, what's that, a blue moon? She was like, ah. <laughs> so it was, it was going off. But a pretty incident-free night, I would have said. And uh, what are this, though? My sister has started working as a medical receptionist at a free clinic. Absolutely wild job. You wouldn't think it, but it is a freaking wild job. So you would think free healthcare, what do people have to complain about? Turns out, heaps. Non-stop complaining. Absolutely non-stop. So recently in Sydney, like not in Sydney, but New South Wales, and then in Sydney yesterday, we've had fires, we've had like catastrophic storms, like the whole, my whole suburb was blacked out yesterday for like eight hours. It's been going off. My sister started working this medical reception, like the day the fires were really bad and there's just, the whole city's covered in smoke. No one can breathe. Like the medical clinic's packed out and it's like half the, half the city's here. And like people are still complaining, going like, uh, excuse me, I've been waiting for an hour. And it's like, it's like we're, we're, we're 10 minutes away from losing Byron Bay completely. You know, there's only two coconut trees left up there. It's like, yeah, there's a few problems floating around. Oh, what's that? You, you're having a bit of trouble breathing. So's freaking the whole of Ballarat, you know, the state's on fire. The gall of people to complain of this stuff blows me away, especially when it's all free free healthcare it's unbelievable but she said people are horrible but um like it, it's crazy because you don't think about all the other you think medical clinic you think you know mum's taking their kids in johnny's got a sniffle it's a lot of give me codeine now or i'll break your fucking neck you know there's a bit of that too okay so it's not just it's not just little johnny going uh uh uh, uh chew <laughs> Is that how Johnny sneezes? Probably. So it's, but it's a wild gig, you know, and in, you know, some junkie will come in, scan the Medicare card and it comes up like on the screen, very violent. Do not give codeine under any circumstance. Will ask for drugs. You know, it's crazy. It's a crazy gig. She said tradies, classic tradies come in with like a freaking a bandsaw in their chest, still lodged in there. And like, and they'll just be like, Hey, Here's my Medicare card. Just uh, how long's the wait going to be? And they're like, go to hospital. And he's like, nah, it's all good. I'll be on compo for a week after this. Uh, any water? Any water? I wouldn't mind a glass of water though. And it's like, oh my God, you've got a power tool lodged in your chest. But classic tradies do. They just, they just don't care. Mate of mine put a drill straight through his hand, right? Then flip, had to reverse the drill and re-drill it out. Ugh. And he, he told me that as like, like in passing, as if it wasn't the craziest thing to happen to him that month. He was like, oh yeah, fuck. You never guess what happened to me today. So went to the went to the cafe. My car didn't go through. Got a free coffee. Put a drill straight through my hand. And then later that day, same cafe, another free coffee. Can you believe it? I go, mate, get back to the drill. Get back to the drill that's through your hand. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, it happens. Does it? Not in the not in the casual jobs I've worked at. Ugh. Dude, I cop a paper cut. I call the union straight away. I call them hands free. I, I put both my hands up. I go, it's, I've got a paper cut. I've got to call the unions. Call the unions. A mate of mine once said to me, Billy, you're one of the only blokes I've ever met who would not survive on a building site. And he told me it, like it was some revelatory comment. Like I was going to be like, what? No way. So true. Dude, I don't like working hard. Do you know what I mean? Like... Dig this hole. Fuck, dude, I don't know. 
do we have to? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's... In the grand scheme of the universe, what is this hole really going to do? And he's like, oh, you know, like, we've got to put the family's water pipes in there. Otherwise, they won't be able to have hot water. I go, hot water... It's a state of mind, dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I work really hard on my comedy, but I'm just not like a... I'm not a hard worker. Uh, and, yeah. Sorry. Didn't catch that one. But, uh, oh, yeah. So, my sister's working at this medical center. And uh, so, she goes, uh, her first call, they go, all you got to do is just say, like, so-and-so medical center, how can I help you? And then you just get their Medicaid card number, book them in for an appointment. So simple. She goes, they go, literally, we'll be here, but honestly, there's no way you'll need us. It's the easiest thing. You li- you just punch it in on the thing. All right, we'll see you then. See you later. She picks up the phone. Hello, medical center. How can I help? Guy goes, I'm having a heart attack. What should I do? My sister's like, what? He's like, I'm having a heart attack. What should I do? My sister's like, oh, do you have your Medicare card there with you? And he's like, oh, I think it's in the card. She's like, well, I'm going to need the number. And then like, he's like, I'm having a heart attack. And my sister's like, ah, oh, just like put him on hold. Bloke's having a heart attack. She put him on hold. Can you believe that? And then one of the other ladies jumps on and is like, holy freaking hell, what's going on here? And, and then they had to talk him through it, but it wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty at all. So it's just such a crazy gig. It really is. She's already broken like uh, patient confidentiality as well. Like someone I know, mate of mine from high school went down there. She's like, oh, your mate came in the other day. He came in, uh, apparently... Had to see a psychologist. He's losing his mind. I go, well, that's highly illegal. And I go, I go, you can't say that. It's medical information. It's private. She goes, well, it's not my fault. He's fucking crazy, is it? And I go, Jesus Christ. What sort of training are they putting you through down there, you know? This is the deft touch we've got, you know, freaking doing the, uh, looking at, looking at people's private information. So I won't be going to that medical center anymore. And look, I don't want to speak out of school, but the medical center she's worked at, it fucking sucks. Like, you know, free healthcare, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love living in this country. But this one, it's not a good medical center. So how's this? Me and my mate Mako are going on this tour of Southeast Asia. We're going on the exact, we're going together. Like we're going together for the full six weeks or whatever. So we both go down there to get our whatever shots or whatever you have to get, you know, because we're going into the jungle, you know. We're not really, mostly capital cities, but still. So we go down there, we see two different doctors the same day. We tell them our trip, exact same trips. One guy goes, you need a hepatitis B shot and you don't need malaria pills. My doctor goes, you simply must take malaria pills. Don't even worry about hepatitis B. So we come out and go... Well, what the freaking hell are we doing here? And I go, like, it, the whole, it was just such a stitch up. And it's like, well, if these guys don't know, how the hell are we supposed to know? You know, knowing our luck, we get to freaking Cambodia. One of, us, one of us dies of malaria, the other one hepatitis B. You know, we both go down. So it's difficult to know what to do in these situations. And ended up, I went, I went to see his doctor. Now, why did we make that decision? My one... Didn't speak much English. I'll be candid. We made a call on that. Um, not heaps of English for the big fella. And communication when it comes to medicine, is it's right up there for me. It really is. But uh, also, my malaria pills, the guy was like, you need to take three a day. Like, I left with like, I bought them. It was like 50 bucks for like, a, 
freaking shitload of malaria pills. He's like, take three a day. And he goes, but you can't drink any alcohol or spend prolonged periods in the sun. And I go, dude, all I'm doing is getting drunk in the sun. So how's this going to work? You know? And dude, me at peak fitness, peak freaking health, if I spend half an hour in the sun with no SPF 50, dead. Okay? But these malaria pills, they were going to like power up the sun, like put my ray shields down. You know, it was like, it made you extremely sensitive to the sun. And I'm already, I got those, I got the Irish skin, you know? So I was like, these were basically death pills for me. They were like, that, that's what they were. They weren't malaria pills. They were death pills. This was like, mosquitoes take a day off. We'll take it from here. Darcy's going to die by 3 p.m. He'll die with a, <laughs> he'll die heavily sunburnt with a Chang beer in his hand. Kind of want to go back to Thailand now after that. Fuck, good times. Good times indeed. So, yeah, that's that's what's happening with the fam bam. Speaking of which, it's my dad's birthday today. He's in his 50s. Late, I want to say. Happy birthday, great man. I really haven't known how old he is for the last seven or eight years. Once he hit 51, it's like, I'm checking out. I'll see you at 60. And I told him that the other day, and he 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 knows. I go, oh, your birthday's coming up. What are you? Like, I can't remember what I said, and then I can't remember what he said, but I remember I was off by about five years. I think I was like, hey, 53, the big 5'3". He's like, I'm turning 59. Or something. Like, I don't know. I still don't know. And he told me last week. So, I'll see him. I'll see him. I'm, well, I'll see him today. I'm going to go around for dinner, but I'll register 60. You know what I mean? So, uh... That's what's uh, happening with the old fam bam, the old Darcy family update. It's good times. It's good times. What else have we got here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got some great stuff. Okay, firstly, a little glossary of terms here uh, for those of you. So, obviously, we had, some, we had some test cricket last week. I will be doing the test recaps again. A few people messaged me. I do appreciate that. Uh, lads, I was going to say listeners but i'm not i'm not gonna lie there was no girls that messaged me for the test recaps and that's okay that's okay but um so i'll do the test cricket recaps but i'll do them at the end of the episodes because i know not everyone loves cricket um so that way you there won't be like maybe six minutes in the middle where people are like what the fuck is this you know and cricket's not one of those sports where it's like oh i take it or leave it people either love it or they despise it they're like it's so boring i hate it or they watch it for eight hours straight so I'll do the cricket recaps at the end, but I want to talk about a few things. Fuck, some bangers coming up. We're going to talk about immigration. I'm going to talk about negative gearing. I'm going to talk about China advancing in the Southeast Sea. I'm going to talk about the presidential election in America. So, similar vibe to most of the podcasts we've done so far. A lot of heavy hitting issues. I love politics. What can I say? Um... Okay, so this couple of things happened today. Firstly, a beautiful love has come back into my life. We haven't connected for a few years, and just to just to ha- have her back, uh, unbelievable. I'm talking about Nutrigrain. Been eating some Nutrigrain recently. Holy shit, it's good. I've been so wheat bix oriented for the last few years. I completely forgot that Kellogg's Kellogg's been doing some mighty fine work for quite some time over there. Okay, and Nutrigrain's great because you can just just you can eat it like they eat in Dragon Ball Z. Just speed with the with the spoon. Is that 
probably not the best sound, but um, dude, Nutrigrain's great, and, and and but here's where Nutrigrain's been failing, and this is where they've lost people like me who've been like love Nutrigrain, but I fell off the wagon, you know, and it's because Nutrigrain is sponsoring the wrong people. Like I walk down the cereal aisle, I turn on my left. Brett Lee's there on a Weetbix thing, and he's giving me that eye contact that says, Bill, get some freaking Weetbix into you. Be a champion. Be a winner. You know? And I and literally, I can hear Brett Lee on the cardboard. I go, you're right, Brett Lee. Your hair's fantastic. You've, you've gone from bleach blonde to beautiful brunette, and you look just as good. And I can feel that on the cardboard, you know? Elise Perry's on a thing. They had Tim Cahill for years. Um, for, uh, not Lane Beachley. Ah, uh, Steph Gilmore. I had Steph Gilmore for years on there. And it's like icons, absolute icons of their respective sports. Freaking hell. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure if Shane Warne wasn't, you know, smoking smoking like a freaking, like a chimney and cheating on his wife like it was a sport, I'm sure they would have had him on there too. You know, because they got great, they got great ambassadors. You know, they're running the marathons. Brett Lee's there giving the fat kids medals at the Wheat Beaks Triathlons. Yeah, you came 700th, but just pose for this photo, okay? Yeah, the race finished two hours ago, but just let me get this photo real quick. Cash this million-dollar check, sanitarium, till I fucking die. That's why you eat Wheat Picks. It's beautiful. It fuels you up. Did I eat Wheat Picks? I had but a wall. And then I, I freaking, I fill the wall. I mix up some, uh, what is it? Ah, God, this coming back to me, not never having done a trade. Canvas? Uh, God damn it. Stuff you... I mix up some wheat bix and cement. Fill the hole in the wall. Ready to do it all again tomorrow. You know? Have six wheat bix. Headbutt the wall. Six wheat bix in another bucket. Stir it up into a paste. Harder than yesterday. You know? Next day, I do it all again. That's how winning gets done. The best thing about wheat bix is like... It aligned with stuff I sucked at. But it made me feel like a winner. Like, I'd, I'd freaking hoe into seven wheat picks, grab the surfboard, straight down the beach. I'm going, Steph, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Steph Gilmore. You know, picture myself tucking into a barrel. Then next thing you know, it's freaking... It, the wind picks up down at Manly Beach. It's five, six foot. I'm out there. I'm scared. There's 16-year-olds dropping in on me. About to drown, you know? Freaking wait out there for two hours till the surf dies down, paddle in through the rip like a coward. But wheat picks made me think I could do it. Fuck, surfing's hard. But, uh, but yeah, so I want to talk about Nutrigrain. Where they've gone wrong is they're still sponsoring freaking Iron Men and Iron Women. Like, it's not a sport. I'm sorry. But it's just not a sport. Like, it's like uh, it's th- this guy paddles the hardest. He paddles harder than you. Like, think about the hardest person you paddle. The hardest person, the person who paddles the hardest. This guy on the Nutrigrain thing paddles harder. Don't worry about his name. You've never heard of him. He's got 700 Instagram followers and he wears a tank top even though he's a bloke. You know, this guy. This guy's rocking sports bras like it's going out of fashion. There's, re- there's really no need for them to be wearing those sports bras. The Iron Men, by the way. And it's like... And they're always... They're never a personality. It's like, oh, how'd you win the uh, the big paddle off in the Iron Man contest? Well, you know, I just... Um, I just did heaps of fucking paddling before this. Just paddled and... Kept paddling, paddled real hard, uh, paddled hard in hard seas, and uh, then when I came to the paddling here, I just was ready to paddle, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, I cannot believe this sport is not more popular. 
Still televised on Channel 9. Not sure why. Not sure why. You know, it's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough world. You know, when you want to be... You're a young comedian. You dream of one day having your own TV show. You go, fuck. I've got to come up with a, with a real entertaining concept to entertain the Australian people. And then you, you think, ah, oh, maybe one day I'll get there with enough talent, enough hard work and enough funniness I could get there. And then you turn on freaking 9 Gem midday on a Saturday and watch some bloke in a sports bra paddle through the whitewash. You're like, what the f... Is this how freaking low the bar is for television? And it's just like, it's... I, I don't know. It's, I don't know how you made the beach uncool, but you did it, Iron Man. You really did. And that's why people are falling off the Nutrigrain brand. Because you got... Freaking, I don't know, Kurt, who gives a fuck, posing next to a paddleboard, not even a surfboard. He's on his knees, for Christ's sake. It's like, get something, somebody who, who's the best of the world with a ball, something involving a ball, put them on top of a freaking, a freaking Nutrigrain box, sell some, you know, sell some cereal, my friends. Sell some cereal. I think Kellogg's, they've got, uh, they've got lazy because they've got so many different, um, Different, you know, they've got Special K, they've got Fruit Loops. I think they've got Cocoa Pops. Let's be honest, Cocoa Pops is absolutely carrying that company. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, whereas Wheat Bix, Sanitarium's all in, you know. They're going, it's... I mean, Up and Go is only going to get us so far, but we're really all in on the on the Bix here. So, so Nutrigrain, sort it out. Get get a... Um, I mean, rugby league players aren't really good for sort of press. And then, you know, Rugby Union, that's dealing with its own thing over there right now. Maybe a um, one of the Socceroos, Aaron Moy. They, oh, he'd be great on Nutrigrain. Oh, yeah, get Aaron Moy on Nutrigrain. Dude, the guy's a weapon. He deserves more money. Maybe uh, maybe poach a... Uh, get Steve Smith or something. That'd be a real coup. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I just watched a Steve Smith interview, by the way. Quick cricket tidbit. Said said when he doesn't get any runs, he, uh, he goes to the gym or, or runs a few Ks as punishment. And I think we both know once he gets back to his hotel room, he's not doing push-ups. He's getting the whips out and going, bad, Steve, bad. That guy's crazy and I fucking love it. But uh, yeah, so Nutrigrain Lifty Game. But but the actual product, oh, delicious. Let me fix up this camera. Um, okay. Couple more things, couple more things. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Firstly... This 16-year-old kid playing for Pakistan cricket. This isn't about cricket. Um, but firstly, uh, look, I'll be candid. He's not 16. But let's entertain the fact that he is 16. I mean, there's no birth certificates in Pakistan. It's clearly absolute bullshit. The guy looks like he's 35. But let's entertain the fact that he is 16 for a second. Um, this is the sort of shit that can send you into a, a quarter-life crisis, I think. You know, when you're, you're 20... Like, for example... On Friday, this kid makes his test debut at 16, playing against Australia. Friday, I'm packing my bag for fourth grade the next day at 24. And this is the sort of stuff that can really whew, let the voices in, if you know what I mean. You know, because you're packing your bag for fourth grade, you look at the TV going, this, this kid's 16, are you fucking serious? You know, it starts, well, it starts getting your head a bit, you know, like, and then you think, you look at your phone, the girl you texted hadn't replied, you go, fuck, I'm still not a famous comedian. What am I playing? And then you're like, oh God, I got to drive like two 16 year olds to the game tomorrow because that's the average age of the blokes I play with. And then you, this is when you can let the voice in and you go, hang on a minute, am I a loser? Is that what's happening here? 
And then you look in the mirror, you go, no, look, to be fair, my hair's pretty good. And uh, you remember, you know, you just did a gig at a local golf club. The 60-year-olds, they tolerated you, and that was that was pretty good as well. So you're not, a, you're not fully gone, but this is this is all the stuff where you go like, fuck, like you start getting a bit of that existential dread, you know, which gets in my head a bit sometimes. You go, I'm 24, I haven't freaking sold out in a rain yet. Ah. And then you can, you can quell that stuff, but then it's, it's these people where you go like, holy shit, this dude's 16, he's playing test cricket, you know? And then God forbid a Billie, a Billie Eilish thing comes up on your YouTube. You know, you watch a, you watch an interview with her at freaking 16. She's like, oh yeah, pretty good. I mean, 30,000 people last night, bit of a vibe in there. Yeah. No, that's my first ever tour, but 30,000, I mean, it was a pretty fun night. It's like, gee, Jesus Christ, you need to chill out, Billie Eilish. You know, you need to chill out. How many, how many, it must, imagine being a female singer, being like, I'm 23, I just, my first mixtape went out, you know, I'm, I'm battling away, and then you go, oh, well, it's pretty, pretty tough out there, and then you look at a Billie Eilish video, and you're just like, ugh, you know, God, brutal, so you gotta watch out for this sort of stuff, but then the other end of the spectrum is when you run into a bloke, like, happens in comedy all the time, you run into a bloke, he's like 33, and he sucks, and you're like, Fuck yeah, dude, got you covered. You know, and that's like, that's a real band-aid solution to a real, to a deep self-esteem issue that, you know, you can really, uh, you should you seek therapy? Yeah, you should. But can you just maybe have six beers and put it out of your mind? You can do that as well. What's cheaper? Well, I think we all know what's cheaper. One Carlton draft immediately. But yeah, so this existential dread, man, it can creep in if you if you see the wrong things, you know? It's tough out there. But this six, this 16-year-old kid playing test cricket, guarantee there's a lot of lads around the country going, fuck, at 16, man, I was pretty good. They were saying I could have been something. Now look at me. I'm a bricky's labourer. I'm halfway through an apprenticeship. I'm eight years in and I'm still not fully qualified. This guy's just, he's just almost bumped out Marcus Labashain. Marnus Labashain, I should say. So that sort of stuff can freak you out. It definitely freaks me out. Makes you think like, what the hell have I been doing you know, it's, it really gets weird when you're like, like 18 to 22, what was I doing? You know, I was at, I went to uni. Oh God, what a come. Anyway, I don't want to freak out too much on the pod, but I'm 22 grand in the hole for my uni degree and I'm never going to use it. So makes me a little anxious sometimes, you know, makes me a little anxious. And they're, they're bringing the, they keep bringing the thing down for repayments. I think it's down to 45k a year. And when you get that hex, you get a bit of hex coming out of your paycheck some weeks. And uh, I'm like, oh God, like, why am I paying this off? I'm never going to use it. I wish you could just annul the degree. You know, you can annul a marriage. I wish you could just be like, hey guys, made a mistake. Turns out, built for the stage. Never going to use this media degree, you know, getting coffee at Nova or whatever. So... Just annul the qualification. You know, I never I never went there. Never happened. You know, I can never get a job using it or whatever. And we'll just call it call it square on the 22 grand. How does that sound? Thanking you. Thanking you. Hey, New South Wales government, are we on or what to clear my hex, you know? How many freaking stages do you have to rip before they'll clear your debt? I don't know, but I must be close. Um so yeah, so that, that sort of stuff makes me anxious. You see some young whippersnapper. I mean, I'm 24. But, uh, you know, like at like 16, 17, you're like, holy shit. That happens with comedy sometimes as well. There's a few gun little comedians out there, like 18 or whatever. And you're like, oh, 
you're like, shit, I didn't even start comedy till I was 20. So that stuff can freak you out. But like, it's honestly, it doesn't matter. Um, but I got a couple, I got one more thing and then we'll do this, this test recap. Firstly, area. Firstly, no, actually, well, it's, it's almost lastly, but how come I got a problem with the music that they're playing at pubs and clubs? I'm going out a lot this year and for the last eight years, but the point is, why do we never play Australian music at pubs and clubs in Australia? It's blowing my mind. Every, like, I don't really like clubbing that much, but, but even in pubs and like, you go to clubs and stuff and it's like nothing but like Australian, like 90%, you know, it's all, it's all Australians on a dance floor, mostly mostly young whites, 19-year-olds and stuff. And it's nothing but freaking, you know, like Nicki Minaj and Travis Scott and like Katy Perry and God, it's all American. It's all American stuff, you know. We're never getting around our own artists. Makes me sick, you know. It's very hard, you know, freaking like Jay-Z, that New York song plays constantly. It's like I'm in, I'm in the suburbs of Sydney. Why is everyone vibing out to this? I know half you blokes don't even have a passport. You know, and it's like, you know, friggin' Katy Perry or so, or someone will be playing. I don't know why I'm so hung up on Katy Perry. But, like, fireworks will be playing, and I'm, like, trying to talk to some girl. How's uni going, Kate? And it's like, it's like, it's bad enough Australian radio has sold us out. Like, freaking all the commercial radio. Like, nothing but, but non-stop commercialized American music, you know? Just whatever trash is number one in the States, we play that just over and over and over again. But it's like, I get it, they have contracts with the music labels. But you can't tell me the DJ who gives a fuck down at the uh, down at the, the friggin' bowling club is on is on the take or whatever. You know, he can play whatever he wants. Who keeps requesting freaking Superman by Nicki Minaj? Every single pub is playing this, this absolute garbage. Put a bit of mall rat on, you know, a bit of Ocean Alley. Bit more of a vibe, but play some all day while I talk to this chick who's out of my league. It's That's all he freaking sings about, you know? Help me out a little bit here. You know, you try to be like just a normal uh, normal Australian out there in the mix. They're talking about, they're playing some song about fucking hoes in the hood. You know, talking about uh, talking about LA and uh, and all the, all the cocaine they're doing. It's like, dude, I'm holding a $4 schooner talking to this girl about her uh, her hairdressing gig and this isn't really setting a vibe for me to be honest okay i need need a bit of all day bit of more rat you know play some classic bit of in excess on there you know just get just just set a vibe it's the australian summer why am i listening to freaking the be- the best rapper out of chicago who gives a shit you know we need to get around our own artists a bit more I think that's why we love festivals so much. It's the only place you hear this shit. But I'm, I'm like, it blows my mind. Get the festival song on, you know? You want to pump a crowd up? I'm running out of American songs to reference, but uh, like, what are we doing? You know, why Why are we so obsessed with America? Everyone's out there on Halloween. Freaking, this is a separate issue. But, you know, like if I hear sicko mode again in a freaking pub, who's on the jukebox, lads, you know? We got freaking, we got Jake, the 19-year-old tradie, requesting sicko mode. It's like, dude, you need to chill out. You need to get around this, uh, get around some Australian music. Because, like, all the Australian artists are so poor, they get absolutely no no plays on Australian radio, which is ridiculous. 
And then you go down and the freaking, their own DJs are betraying them. You know, that's, that's an inside, you know, musicians betray, well, DJs aren't musicians. They're barely people, but still it's an inside job, you know? And if you, if you're a DJ, if you're just a club DJ, stop playing freaking, you know, nothing but, but, uh, but Biggie every night and play some Australian stuff, you know, get around, get around the local stuff. I don't know. I was just thinking that the other day. I was just standing in some club and freaking, um, yeah, New York by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys is playing for the millionth time. I'm just standing there going like, is anyone, who wants this? Who asked for this song? Is it, is, I don't know. Am I a narc? Is this what a narc sounds like? I want to get blind and have the, have the best time ever, but I'm just saying, let's have a bit, let's just support some Australian artists in the mix, you know? That's why freaking, uh, you know, all these American artists play Kudos Bank Arena and you want to go see your favourite Australian artist at the, uh, the Oxford Art Factory playing to 75 people because, you know, we're not getting around them enough. Support Aussie talent. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to go out and see an Australian comedy show, hey, I wouldn't mind a bit of that either. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, sorry that was a bit ranty, but I just think it, across the board, we don't support Australians enough. In our own country, maybe it's that tall poppy syndrome. Maybe it's because a lot of a lot of white Australians secretly wish they were black, born in New York. You know, tell them how tough they are. But I don't know what goes on. I really don't know what goes on. But let's just get a bit more Australian music in these venues, for Christ's sake. Anyway, last thing. I'm right, doing this cricket recap. I've had several issues with the camera. Fucking hell. Anyway, all right. So this test recap. So Australia played Pakistan. I will say I only watched a lot of it because my mate has a KO login and I was able to watch a lot of it at work. Thanking my roommate for that login because I can't afford KO myself. Now, Australia plays Pakistan. My first thought, literally who gives a shit? Pakistan, uh, I knew they weren't going to play well. I was correct. Uh, even when they were, they were none for 80 day one, I was, I was literally like, well, send in one of the great collapses. Whether it's incompetence or match fixing, I predict lots of wickets very soon. And you could feel it in the air, even on an absolute belter, like they were going to blow it. Next thing you know, it's four for none. We've rock and rolled him for 240. That Rizwan guy, I like him, that keeper batsman. He's on the hook to Mitchell Stark. Probably, I would hope, just maybe just abusing him in Hindi. I'm not sure. Couldn't hear anything on the stump mic, but I, he had a look in his eye that said, I'm going to fucking abuse you in a foreign language. But, uh,. Uh, and Dave Warner, yeah, Dave Warner's back. You know, hey Dave, you know your uh, your ban ended six months ago. Did you know that, Dave? Because I really didn't. I didn't even notice that you played in England. But uh, mate, the goal of this bloke to finally uh, get some runs against li literal children in the opposition. Two of the bowlers are sixteen and seventeen. And this 30-year-old Test veteran has the gall to finally get some runs and then do his Toyota jump at the end. Welcome back, Dave. Welcome back. Yeah, like I said, officially the ban ended six months ago. You could have uh, made you come back in England, but obviously you didn't feel like it. And uh, we all know Stuart Broad's very scary. Uh, but yeah, sorry, uh, sorry I wasn't uh, giving you a, a standing ovation when you did your little four-foot-high jump. Jumped basically over that 16-year-old's head who you've been pongoing around all day. But yeah, so Dave Warner's comeback. Hey, man, dude, they're freaking children, these Pakistanis. But uh, 
I don't know. It's obvious to me that Shane Warne hates Mitchell Stark as well, by the way. Some of Shane Warne's commentary was nothing short of a personal attack. At one point he said, I know Mitch Stark bowls straight and hits people in the pads, but he's no Star- he's no uh, Cummins or Hazelwood, is he? You know, if you want wickets, you're not going to put Mitch Stark on. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Warnie. Oh, that's the thing about Shane Warne. He literally, he can't, he, he can't keep it in. You know, he's just an animal. But, uh, I don't know. So, Joey Burns is back and he got some runs. Love it from Joe Burns. Right-handers with great hair till I die. Okay, his hair is fantastic. I've DM'd him on Instagram. Joe, what are you putting in there to keep it so voluminous? Voluminous. He refuses to respond. I'm not sure if he's sort of checking those messages himself, whether the account's run by someone else. I suspect it's coconut oil, but I'd like some confirmation. Joey Burns, mate, reply to me. Anyway, uh, so unlucky for him not getting 100. Manus Labashane. My God, what can't this guy do? Like I said, nothing resembling a name. You know, he's had the pads on for like two and a half sessions. Usually you come out, you nick off straight away. Everyone's like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, tough to go in after that long. Manus goes, hey, I think he had a little chat with Joe Burns. Hey, Joey, let me just pick up where you left off. And Manus proceeded to bat for the next 72 days. 72 business days as well. Great from him. Wish he got a double ton. Again, obviously he was playing against children and Yassir Shah doesn't seem to be doing too much with it on Australian conditions. Um, that Iftika guy bowling off spin, confirmed worst bowl I've ever seen. Confirmed even I would just run at him. What's he going to do? Uh, that I think they showed one of his balls in slow motion. It wasn't even spinning. It was just stationary, floating through the air. Ugh. Absolute pump. But then we bowled them out again. Uh, very boring, very boring. That Babar Azam guy. Babar Azam? Shazam? I'm not sure. It's Azam. That guy is aesthetic as fuck. I love watching him bat. My lord. His back foot cover drives. I'm going to have to apologize to, to, for, to get so blue on this podcast, but I was sexually aroused when I saw it. I really was. When he just, that back of a length ball, he just gets up on his toes, bang between cover and point. I apologize for the erection I had after that, but my God, it was a sexual shot. It really was. And uh, he's a fantastic player. Like I said, obviously the match wasn't even close. It was never going to be close. Super boring stuff, really. Uh, the word contest, I wouldn't use it. I really wouldn't. Uh, overall, I mean, a cricket match was played. Um, obviously, no one in Brisbane would know about it because no one turned up to watch, did they? Uh, I think there was a record 17 people on day two. And uh, look, I don't blame the people of Brisbane. I really don't because it was a, it was a really boring game of cricket. And uh, yeah, well, <laughs> once again, Dave Warner's big comeback. Way. Good on you, Davey. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So last thing I'll probably say is that, yeah, this 16-year-old kid bowls absolute wheels, doesn't he? And I'd like to just firstly stay off the bat that say it's super impressive that he's playing test cricket at 16. It's more impressive that Pakistan have been able to get this lie over the fence with the ICC. The guy's blatantly 27. Um, I'm sure if we visit his home in Pakistan, he'll have three kids and two wives. Because that's how they roll in Pakistan. You got to, you know, if you're a, if you're a, you're a man of wealth, you're a man of talent. You have as many wives as you want over there. That's their culture. Back off. But uh, the guy's blatantly 27. I mean, he looks 34. So if he looks shit for 27. You know what I mean? 
And I don't think the, uh, the office of births and deaths in Pakistan is really working around the clock, you know. It's just, uh, I don't know, they just sort of carve it into a tree or something. I don't know what they're doing over there. But I read an article that three years ago, this guy debuted in the uh, Pakistan Super League and they said he was 17 then. And now they're saying he's 16, three years later. So it's one of the great lies. And look, whatever. The poor, the poor bloke's mum died before the game and he does seem to be a very talented player. Um, and you know what? He's a very talented 27-year-old man. I will say that. Uh, but it's it's all over the place over there in Pakistan. I played a guy who was Pakistan under-19s years ago in like third grade, and he sucked. I think he just... Like, I, I, he was the worst player I've ever seen. He was like, I was this close to test cricket. And I was like, Jesus Christ, how can I acquire a Pakistani citizenship immediately? Because you're the worst player I've ever seen. And he was playing like first-class cricket over there. So, Pakistan, it's all over the place. Um, obviously, the and uh, look, the country's got a lot of problems. And top of the list above uh, above all the economic and, you know, society stuff that's going over there, obviously, I think there's a bit of war and that sort of stuff. I'd put fixing the national cricket team at the top of that list because they've got some work to do. Babar Azam is a weapon, though. They're bowling. I think they picked the wrong guys, apparently. I'm not that familiar with Pakistan's cricket's extended squad because um i mean if you are you you need to get a girlfriend but yeah second test i predict it will be an absolute landslide again probably some more cowardly runs for david warner six months into his comeback what a guy and uh and yeah so cricket test cricket is here looking forward to the new zealand games though i will say that i'm pumped they absolutely destroyed england i'm very excited and i predict that wagner bloke is going to absolutely rip some pegs out of the ground so Thanks for listening to the pod. And uh, got to announce next year's tour. I'm just waiting on some artwork. But uh, hitting some cities next year. Got a brand new show. Get around my YouTube. There's some clips on there. Put the schoolies clip on my Facebook page today. Plenty of content going around. Treat yourselves. And uh, and are we on or what, you know? Feel the hype. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone. Way too gone. Got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger than me, don't you wait too long, wait too long Oh, I, oh, I, oh